This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. Listen to the Labor and Energy Show and get educated from expert guests about climate change. What they say and who they are will surprise you. Presented by PBF Energy, Neuter Construction, and Furness Electrical Contractors. The Labor and Energy Show, this Sunday night at 6. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this, too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. We thank everybody uh, for tuning in and listening. J-Doc, we have an incredible uh, hour of uh, radio coming uh, for our listening audience today, uh, following what was a terrific uh, roundtable conversation last week. Yeah, Joe, I mean, if you took our Labor and Energy Show and we and you, and you combined it, all the issues that we talk about every week with labor. Since it, since we started our labor show nine years ago, workers' rights, uh, uh, c- conditions, and everything that has to do with uh, work situations at work, and combined them with the energy issues that we deal with on a regular basis and multiply them by about a thousand each. It still couldn't come to, uh, to, to, to a level of what we're going to be talking about today. I cannot be happier to, to have on the program Siddharth Kara, who's an author, a researcher, a screenwriter, and an activist on modern slavery, uh, who, who was also, as, part of, as an author, uh, his most recent book is Cobalt Red, How the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives. There's so much to talk about here, Joe, uh, it, and it's an emotional topic. I can't wait to get started. Yeah, we'll get started right away. I will give the listening audience just um, a reminder that if you miss any of today's broadcast, if you miss any of the uh, show or any of what we cover today, you certainly can go to Apple or Spotify, search the Labor and Energy Show, and you can download uh, you can download the podcast. And and, and so having said that, uh, Joe, I want to... Uh I'm going to welcome Siddharth Kara to the program. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm most pleased to be with you today. Well, let me just say, uh, set the table uh, for everyone. Uh, uh, it was a while back. Um, 
I got a, uh, an email from from uh, Brendan Williams, uh, and and uh, it was the, the the video of the Joe Rogan podcast. And it, it and and it wouldn't, if anybody hasn't seen it uh, featuring Sid Kara, please stop what you're doing, and Google it and 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 find that podcast because it exposed the horrors of child slave labor and the cobalt mining uh, exploitation conditions in, in, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Now, let me just say one thing. We've been talking about this situation, and I'll say this, uh, Siddharth, we've been talking about this situation for ages. We on this show have been covering the topic from sort of a different angle, mostly is related to, to electric vehicle mandates that many, many of the states are, uh, are proposing. Okay, one of the one of the issues deals with the topic of how much cobalt will will need uh, for the electric vehicles and the fact that much of it is mined using child labor in the Congo. So this is what really and when we saw that video, okay, and when we saw, you know, obviously your appearance on that show uh, immediately, we said we we, we have to have uh, Siddharth on the program. Having said that, uh, you know, tell our listeners, if you will, since. Like Joe Krause always says, radio is theater of the mind. Who may not have seen that video? Tell, t- talk about your recent appearance on Joe, Ro- on a Joe Rogan podcast, and talk about the video. Describe what people are seeing when they watch the video and the conditions um, that are going on. Uh, yes, of course. Um, you, you know, it's it's fascinating to see how that Joe Rogan podcast has just sent shockwaves uh, around the world. Uh, I'll tell you candidly, I had never been on a podcast before or even listened to one before um, my appearance uh, on that Joe Rogan uh, Experience podcast. He very graciously invited me in, and we talked at length about um, the human rights uh, catastrophe that's taking place in the Congo. Uh, And in the course of that um, conversation, um, I shared a video that I had taken uh, during one of my research trips, one of my many research trips to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And let me say at the outset, it's, you know, you don't get to just walk around uh, snapping photos and videos in mining areas. These are heavily guarded um, areas for obvious reasons. But uh, I was able to take a few short videos and a few short uh, few uh, photo clips while I was there. And what you see um, is, uh, number one, typical uh, of the kind of scene that's taking place in many large mining areas. And it is, in essence, a sea of humanity just hammering and clanking away at a giant rock face of ore that contains copper and cobalt in it, uh, just matching brute human force on metal against stone uh, to clank the stuff out of the ground, um, load it up into sacks, and then feed it up the formal supply chain. And the other end of that supply chain is almost every smartphone, tablet, laptop, e-scooter, e-mobility, uh, and increasingly, of course, electric vehicle uh, that's bought and used uh, every day around the world. And and so having said that, the human rights violations that were that you're looking at, and, and it, you're right, it it is a sea of in, insanity. What you're watching, the, how what are the ages of some of these children? I mean, we're we're talking about young kids 
who are are doing this manual work. What what's the what, what do you think of the the age range was that we're looking at there? Uh, I mean, in that particular video, uh, it, it goes down to teenage boys. You know, that's a type of work that um, heavy manual uh, clanking uh, of mallets and rebar against stone that requires a certain amount of strength. So there were 14 and 15-year-old uh, boys in there. And, and what we have to note is it's not just that they are crammed like sardines in a pit. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but cobalt is toxic. It's toxic to touch. It's toxic to breathe. So they are touching and breathing in this toxic substance day in and day out, earning uh, a few dollars a day, according to the people running the place, uh, a few dollars a day to feed cobalt up the chain to companies worth trillions. Now, in other places, um, I've documented children as young as six years old, where there may just be uh, surface digging, rinsing and sieving stones, uh, or packing pebbles into stones and carting them across to be sold. You know, children as young as six, again, engaged in hard uh, manual labor and being exposed to toxic substances day in and day out. And it's amazing because, we, you know, Joe Krause and I, and we've been doing the labor show here in Philadelphia for close to a decade. And now the labor and energy show, which, you know, brings in the, the energy sector. And so a lot of these uh, situations are married and we're running into these. It's, it's almost like being in the, in the twilight zone. Um, so when you talk about, uh, you know, people often sit there and talk about, uh, you, know, you, you know, people who don't understand labor unions uh, question their, their need uh, for existence, and then you you hear about you know these child uh, you know situations, child labor situations across the the planet, and you thank God that that uh, our child labor laws uh, are intact here in the United States. But it's just unimaginable. Let's talk about so it was a cobalt mine that was in the video, and let's talk about cobalt, if you will. Um, what is it? And you mentioned that the the electric uh, you know, the, the, the devices it's a part of, but how, how much in need is it and, and, and for, for us using the things we use every day? So you cannot get through daily life. You cannot function for 24 hours without cobalt, full stop. I mean, everyone listening to us right now, uh, most inhabitants uh, in developed economies, you cannot function for 24 hours without cobalt. That's because it is in your smartphone, it is in your laptop, your tablet, and if you are driving or thinking of driving an electric vehicle, there's a very high probability uh, it's in the battery pack of your EV. Now, go beyond that, uh, e-scooters, e-bikes, uh, urban energy grid storage, all of these um, uh, uh, solutions for climate sustainability goals that are being rolled out um, invariably have cobalt in the battery. Cobalt is in the cathode part of a battery, and not to get too technical, but in essence, it allows uh, rechargeable batteries uh, to hold maximum uh, energy uh, and remain stable, uh, thermally stable. So think about it. Um, you don't want to plug in your stuff any more than you need to. And if you're thinking of driving an electric car, you have uh, that same uh, problem magnified. You don't want to have to drive around town and plug it in two times. So the battery needs to hold maximum possible charge without overheating and catching on fire. And that's what cobalt does. And so having said that, who is purchasing the cobalt 
that is being mined uh, in these mines by these children? Yeah, this is a, this is a very important uh, aspect for people to understand. And I go uh, to some length in my book, Cobalt Red, to describe this because uh, companies at the top of the chain will say, well, I buy from ABC Mining Company, and ABC Mining Company does not have child labor and forced labor and so on. But there's an entire uh, informal sub-economy beneath the formal mining sector, uh, akin to what you see, see in the video that I shared with Joe Rogan. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of poor people living in that part of the Congo digging out cobalt in any way they can as a means of basic survival. That few dollars a day they earn is the difference between eating or not. Um, and all of that cobalt is sold through intermediaries yeah. to mining companies and then flows up the formal supply So that's chain. how they're getting away with it. That's, so that, that's exactly a, right. It's this yeah. informal kind of shadow economy beneath the formal economy, but it feeds into the formal economy. As one of my colleagues told me once, if nobody's buying all this cobalt, why are there a few hundred thousand people digging it out of the ground? Siddharth Carr is our special guest here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Uh, Siddharth, I've got to ask you if is and this is excuse the ignorance of the question, and I don't want to get too far off the topic, but just as a consumer consuming and spending their minute and their hour and their daily life consuming this yet ignoring it does that sound right it's there's almost a i I can't wrap my arms around doing it and understanding it and then still wanting to do it well i think as consumers it's not our responsibility to solve this problem right i mean we are buying phones uh and 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 devices and gadgets and cars uh unwittingly and unknowingly um, of the realities um, that go into uh, at least the battery part of those devices. It's up to the companies selling us these devices to ensure that their supply chains are untainted by uh, immense human rights abuses and environmental abuses as well. We haven't even talked about uh, the massive environmental contamination taking place in that part of the Congo as a result of, of mining company operations. So it's up to the companies, okay, yeah, but, the consumer-facing... Let, let me ahead. jump in there for a second. It's a mon- you got a monopoly here, though. In other words, it's not like we have other options. In labor, as you well know, we, we have things called boycotts, okay? You start boycotting phones that use cobalt, and, and, and that, you know, of course, they have the intermediary, okay, and all that. Nobody be using a cell phone. Well, I guess what's and I guess what's driving the question, J. Doc, is the state of Delaware wants to mandate all electrical vehicles. California oh. wants to mandate all electrical vehicles. So it's going, you know. And here we are as consumers following the process, or we're supposed to follow the process. Yet the whole process stinks. It doesn't yeah, well, make sense. But well, first of all, I, want, I also want to say this. I want to thank uh, Sid Harth for for bringing this to light. Um, you know, I mean, right on, I mean, right on live TV, right. I mean, right in the video there. I mean, it's absolutely unprecedented. Uh, and, and you, you just, by the way, where, Arthur, where can people find the video? So there's uh, it's on that Joe Rogan episode 1914. You know, it's, it's embedded there. I've uploaded it uh, to Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, so it's in my feeds. 
uh, along with a lot of other images of child laborers um, uh, and other kind of uh, realities that we would not accept for our people over here. But for some reason, right. uh, it's okay for those people over there. Well, your point is, is, is incredibly well made. And, and, and they have the middleman, so now everybody can sleep at night, right? Slavery is a very, very painful part of our nation's history. Um, obviously, the remnants of which probably are going to go on for decades and decades and decades, hundreds of years, okay? Yet here we are allowing it to go on, okay? A lot of our trillion-dollar companies, like you said, Siddharth, uh, are, are purchasing, so I guess, you know, they have a, a, a you know, a, an excuse or a buffer that said, well, we didn't buy it off of them. We bought it off of a middleman. Okay. Yeah. And we're able to uh, live with purchasing that, that, uh, th- that those products. Let me just say one thing. So Congressman Pete Stauber has been on this program several times and he submitted legislation that would eliminate the U.S. from importing products manufactured and mined with child labor. And it did not pass. It did not pass. Okay, we might not be able to do anything about what's going on in the Congo and other countries in China or whatever, but we can surely eliminate our contributions in making it, you know, making it happen. Okay, yes. Um, and, and it seems like common sense, Siddharth, don't, I mean, I, I know, you know, you are an expert in this area. And, we, and again, I can't thank you enough for bringing it to light. But why aren't more people talking about this? Well, that's, that's the uh, essential question. And the reason more people aren't talking about it is because these realities have been hidden from us. Uh, I hope that Cobalt Red will help to bring the voices of the Congolese people to the world so that we are aware of what's happening. And you made a very important point about slavery. You know, we have uh, across uh, northern Europe and North America painful legacies of slavery. Uh, But just because it was written down on paper some one and a half centuries ago that slavery is abolished doesn't mean that it actually was abolished all around the world. We've simply allowed it to persist at the bottom of uh, our global economic order. And that's precisely what's taking place in Central Africa right now. These companies know. uh, They're aware of what's happening uh, in the Congo. But they shift accountability to some other um, uh, party uh, in the supply chain, some other stakeholder. And then everyone's pointing the finger at everybody else. And no one's taking responsibility for the child caked in toxic grime and filth, digging out their cobalt. And that's what you're talking about with Congressman Stuber, about, well, what's the policy lever? What's the policy lever that will make them wake up, pay attention, and accept responsibility? Is it an import ban on goods uh, who, that are made in whole or in part through child labor or forced labor or any other kind of labor abuse that we would not accept over here? So why is it okay to accept it over there? And needless to say, I'm sure there are very powerful uh, lobbying forces against that kind of policy lever because you'd immediately bring any number of trillion-dollar supply chains to a grinding halt until they sorted out the basic dignity and decency of their supply chain all the way to the bottom. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't have to we might not be able to control them, but we don't have to contribute to it. And again, it you know, greed, corporate greed. Uh, at, at the end of the day, um, obviously, that's that's what's doing it. And people, uh, you know, this is what you your, your video. What an eye opener. Um, 
We're going to talk about your book after the uh, after the break and, and, and several other issues. But you can see where uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is this is an outrage of epic proportions. And America has got and it's common sense, man. America has got, I mean, they're literally utilizing slave labor overseas and contributing to it and packaging it. And we're buying it. OK, and we, we, we it, it has to stop. What, what your thoughts before we go to break? What's going to put this uh, an end to this insanity? Uh, there has to be a global uh, movement of people of conscience uh, in every walk of life, whether it's people in Congress down to everyday consumers who band together with sufficient force of will to say this has to be repaired, this has to be fixed. We do not want to be consumers of the blood of the Congo. Uh, each and every day uh, until these problems are solved. We're not going to upgrade our phones. We're not going to buy a car, whatever it takes. And I don't uh, uh, pretend to have all the answers, but I know what the problem is. Uh, And I know what some of the solutions are, but there are very bright uh, people driven by conscience all around this world. And as the voices of the Congo reach out to them, I have every confidence uh, this gross injustice will be remedied. And, let me, and, and environmental damage. So we, we have about a minute left in this. But you mentioned environmental damage going on. And by the way, EVs, there's mandates all across the country right now. We're shutting ourselves down an internal combustion engine by 2035 um, because evidently EVs are supposed to be uh, are uh, more envi- environmentally friendly. What, what's, what is the environmental damage and what's going on over there? Well, the Congo is being subjected to massive contamination and pollution by big mining company operations that dump their toxic effluents into the water, air, and dirt all around. It's a mass uh, contamination catastrophe, setting aside the issue of millions upon millions of trees that have been clear-cut to make space for these giant mining concessions. Siddharth Carr is our special guest here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause. His, the name of the book, Cobalt Red, How the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives. You can get it on Amazon.com. We'll take a break and come right back. The conversation rolls forward with Sithart Kara back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know experts agree that a technology called carbon capture and storage, or CCS, will be crucial to mitigating the risks of climate change? Did you know? First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. 
This is a Labor and Energy Action Alert. Did you know the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act, if passed, will charge Pennsylvania businesses for water usage integral to the operation of the businesses, many of which that provide PA residents with vital services. The expenses of charging for such water usage will be astronomical and may jeopardize the operations of the businesses themselves as well as jobs. Take action now. Subscribe to www.gov.net to track this legislation and call your PA state representatives and voice your opinion to oppose the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act. Quality PA businesses and good paying jobs depend on it. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause, this is the Labor and Energy Show. J-Doc, good conversation. Uh, a little bit tough sometimes to listen to the conversation, but very important content. Uh, provided today on the Labor and Energy Show. Absolutely, Joe. And and sometimes, and in this situation, reality um, is, sta- is staring us right in the face. It hurts, but something's got to be done. I, I want to uh, mention uh, Siddharth Carr is a, a British Academy Global Professor and Associate process, uh, Professor of Human Trafficking and Modern Slavery at Nottingham University, Senior Fellow at Harvard School of Public Health. And, of course, he, he's offered, authored three books on modern slavery uh, and, and, and has won the Frederick Douglass Book Prize, amongst others. And so I'm um, ecstatic to have this conversation. Uh, any pushback, Sidharth, uh, since the Joe Rogan uh, you know, video, uh, the, came, the, the podcast and, and the video came out? Oh, my. Um, to say the least, the, the book's not even out yet. It, it's released on the 31st, as you rightly noted, and there has already been a firestorm of discontent uh, coming from the stakeholders atop the chain. Now, let me let me say there's also been ten times as much support um, yeah. and um, surprised by people whose hearts have been uh, wrenched to learn of this reality that they're unwittingly participating in. But yes, there's a, there's already an effort. Some of my friends in the Congo reached out. There's already an effort underway uh, to sort of smear me and the book before it's even released. Um, there's a couple of big mining companies that are making threats uh, about the book. Uh, they don't even know what's in it. They haven't even read it yet. But just the fact that there's the possibility that the shroud of darkness is going to be ripped open uh, and truth will emerge from that into the conscience of the world um, has these big money stakeholders, um, some of them anyway, uh, feeling very defensive and aggressive about it. And, and that's a shame. What I'd hope is they'd say, okay, uh, we accept this problem. Let's work constructively to fix it rather than try to continue business as usual by silencing the truth. Yeah. Uh, let's say this. Um, this is, is an egregious uh, a situation. You talk about greed. It reminds me on a totally different level of the, of the movie Dope Sick, okay, where you got individuals that are making money uh, that, are, that are literally on, on, on the, the addiction of, of, of the American citizens. This is on a totally different level. Um, the same type of situation. Let me just say one thing. Uh, we, we, we've been doing a labor and energy show 
Sidharth, for going on a year now, after 10 years of the labor show. We got into it because, uh, you, know, we, you know, a lot of our labor union, a lot of our workforce uh, works at uh, a lot of the, the, the plants and uh, a lot of the facilities at uh, you know, which refineries and a number of other places, places that were getting shut down. And there was no common sense. One of the things we've learned on this broadcast, okay, is that the, the, I, I know I can say the American people don't really understand uh, what's going on. They're not hearing. They're not getting the information. Your book, okay, and your video. And by the way, you risked your life. You risked your life to, 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 take, to take that video. The consequences... Uh, you know, it, I, I can only imagine what it was like when you finally were able to get out of there and look at that video. You, you, I, I, it must have been a moment of just absolute, uh, you know, exhilaration and at the same time going, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. But the point I'm making is this. Americans don't understand. They don't they, they don't they're not getting the information. They're not getting that video. OK, they're not getting the realities. Nobody's talking about it. So. What you did, at, you know, for mankind in that, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that, is nothing less than miraculous. So uh, I really appreciate that. You know, they, they say if they're not talking about it, you're not doing anything. Well, the, you know, you're getting pushback. Well, Americans and, and people in general across the planet, they don't understand the things, these, these details. They don't get the information on energy. OK, uh, and, and one, it doesn't take much to wake them up. So I'm not surprised that you're getting more support, uh, you know, than you are pushback. And I'm also not surprised that if these big corporate entities are, are pushing back, let them push back. People are the, the secrets out. So having said that, uh, you know, on a on Joe Rogan show, you know, that uh, you, you know that that obviously every uh, modern electrical uh device, including the electric vehicles, contains uh, cobalt. We talked about it earlier. How much cobalt is being mined, actually, in these child mines, which, as you point out, uh, you know, obviously, you know, and you show, um, just for so people understand, how much cobalt is being mined in these uh, slave labor conditions? Yeah, so this is the thing about cobalt that people uh, really need to understand. Um, last year, the Congo... Uh, supplied almost three-quarters of the entire global supply of cobalt. Uh, so uh, uh, there's not enough other cobalt out there to meet demand, and demand is expected only to accelerate exponentially um, uh, in the years to come, as you rightfully note, with these uh, EV mandates and as we continue to upgrade our gadgets and uh, devices you know, year in and year out. Uh, demand is only going to keep growing exponentially. So the, the pressure is on, and no one really knows uh, how much of that three-quarters of the world supply is coming out of what's called artisanal labor, a term that I think is, um, you know, right out of uh, corporate speak to sort of belie the reality, makes it sound like this peasant labor that you see in that video uh, is some quaint artisanal activity yeah. when it's uh, the, the opposite of that. But uh, that's the term uh, thrust upon us. Um, I think it's at least 30 percent of what's coming out of the Congo is is mined uh, through artisanal um, uh, methods. That means uh, women and children, men and boys, digging, tunneling, scrounging, scraping, uh, hacking and gouging um, to fill up sacks uh, filled with cobalt ore for a few dollars a day. 
uh, uh, eking out a base existence from one day of survival to the next, uh, all so that the world can stand on their weary, uh, degraded shoulders uh, and check social media and drive around town and fire off emails one day to the next. Uh, you know, our, we, we've there are sources that say it's it, it's even up to it's between sixty and eighty percent. What what that surprise? Yeah, it could be. No one really knows. You see, because there's so much. See, the mining companies and uh, the consumer-facing tech and electric vehicle companies would have you believe there's this thick impenetrable wall between industrially mined cobalt and artisanally mined cobalt. And and this is what I make clear in the book. Uh, and made clear on the Rogan podcast, uh, there's no such wall. That that video is evidence. There are people digging in industrial mines uh, uh, up and down um, the mining provinces of the Congo, and there are also then hundreds of thousands of people digging outside these mines and anywhere else they can find cobalt deposits, and that all flows up into the formal mining supply chain. So there's no real quantum, um, accurate quantum, uh, of what that um, human mind, uh, child mind cobalt supply into the global economy really is. And and so you, you obviously the artisanal mines are the ones where they're using child labor and people to do it manually. But in the video you mentioned um, that wasn't that supposed to be a a uh, in, you know it's an, an industrial mine which isn't, isn't supposed to include obviously um, these artisanal uh, you know, conditions. Um, and, and so shouldn't it, shouldn't have, it have been uh, machines and industrial, uh, utilizing an industrial process to dig uh, for those, uh, those minerals? The reality is, uh, yes, of course, there are excavators and, and, and heavy diggers and heavy haulers up and down the, the mining provinces. But almost every quote-unquote industrial mine I went to had artisanal miners digging in or immediately around them. Uh, and that's, again, that ground truth that the stakeholders up the chain don't want to acknowledge. And it needs to be acknowledged uh, so that we can begin to uh, address the tragedies taking place. So that's, it, it all mixes together. And no matter what anyone tells you outside of the Congo, believe me, there are people digging inside many, if not most, of the industrial mines uh, inside the mining provinces of the DRC. Just incredible. It just literally, and, 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 uh, evidently, they regulate themselves, right? So in other words, um, there are no penalties. Um, you know, you would think that uh, obviously this would be a human rights violation and that, uh, you know, the governing bodies around the world would be able to go in there is there any any um, international body that that is uh, oversees this and should be jumping in? Well, there's any number of stakeholders that should be jumping in, but none of them are because they accept uh, this prevailing uh, marketing statement that uh, industrial uh, and artisanal are completely separate. That mining companies are operating on a sustainable basis. Uh, that the cobalt in my car that I'm selling to you or my phone that I'm selling to you is completely clean and checked and audited, and everyone says, oh, okay, if they say so, that must be the case. Because the assumption is, well, who's going to get down there into the Congo and discover the truth and bring it to the world? And even even if they did, we'll just 
uh, overwhelm them with more marketing, uh, overwhelm the consumers of the world with more marketing and PR because, you know, we're so big and powerful. But inevitably, inevitably, truth prevails. Truth emerges and people of conscience uh, will see an end to these injustices. And that's really the only thing that is on my mind. You know, I went there, as you rightfully note, risking my life numerous times to try to track down the truth and try to capture the voices of the Congolese people who are there screaming out in agony into an abyss because no one's listening, no one can listen, no one's allowed to listen. Uh, And my hope is through this book um, and uh, future efforts by other researchers, journalists, NGOs, uh, the truth will keep coming out uh, in waves until it can no longer be denied. And 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 J and Jadoc, just just one thought on that. The president of the United States, yeah, just did a deal with Congo, right? Like like in the month of December, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they he, they signed some sort of deal with the Congo and Zambia um, that will lend financial support to to the two nations to develop electrical uh, vehicle supply chains. But uh, again. Uh, I don't see any of the labor issues uh, raised in, in, in any of those stories. Was, was this even a, I mean, are you familiar with this, uh, Siddharth? Yeah, I remember when that MOU was signed, you know, and what's happening is the U.S. Uh, and our Western allies were trying to play catch up against China because before anyone knew what was happening, China had just cornered the global cobalt market back in 2009, 2010. They saw the long game. Um, they swarmed the uh, mining provinces of the Congo, took over, and now they control production, uh, or almost all the production, at least 70, 80 percent of the cobalt coming out of the Congo uh, flows through Chinese mining companies and up through to Chinese refiners and then Chinese battery manufacturers. Uh, so, you know, it's a geopolitical risk because the world needs cobalt uh, for it all to be flowing through uh, what you could reasonably say is one of the chief adversaries of the United States on the global stage. So we're trying to play catch up. I don't think there's a secret about that. This MOU is part of that, trying to set up uh, supply lines that uh, go directly from Central Africa uh, to the West. Uh, and that's fine. I think that's actually an important thing to do from a national security standpoint. Well, and uh, But don't do it without also addressing the colossal invasion of human rights and the environmental destruction taking place at the bottom of that supply chain. And, and can, we e- can we even get cobalt anywhere else? You know, it's like if you look at the uh, 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 pie chart of, of where cobalt comes from uh, in terms of global production, as I said, it's almost three-fourths Congo. And then there's like a bunch of countries that are responsible for like 3%, 2%, 3%. So there's not enough other cobalt production out there right now to remotely meet demand, which is why this MOU had to be signed and deals need to be made to secure cobalt supply. That said, uh, there are companies exploring the seabed, uh, trying to improve recycling technologies um, uh, to get alternate sources of cobalt. But right here, right now, and certainly for years to come, it's all about Congo uh, cobalt uh, and that's why this uh, great tragedy needs to be addressed. Yeah, and, and having said that, I think a, a recent Forbes article noted that we're going to need up to 384 additional graphite, lithium, nickel, and cobalt mines by 2035 to meet uh, some of these uh, electric vehicle uh, mandates and goals, which means nearly tripling the world's current cobalt supply. 
Now, given the state of how we're, we're getting cobalt now, what, what are the implications? I mean, this is almost like a, 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 a you know, a, uh, I know the, an- I mean, you know, you know, you know the answer, uh, but what are the implications for the Congo and these poor workers under those situations? Well, if nothing changes, uh, it will only lead to exacerbated levels of human and environmental destruction of some of the poorest and most vulnerable people uh, in the world and the environment around them. If nothing changes, you're, you're talking about ransacking and pillaging uh, the mining provinces of the Congo until there's nothing left of value in the dirt and then leaving behind a destroyed population of people who are already grindingly poor. I mean, you and I can't comprehend this yeah. kind of poverty. Um, you know, people in the West cannot comprehend this kind of poverty. It's hard to imagine how it even exists on the same planet as us. You know, these extremes, you think, yeah. how, how is this possible? And yet, those people over there are so intimately linked to us. We can't function without them. Uh, and if nothing changes, if nothing changes, you're looking at the utter ruin uh, uh, of a people and patch of the earth. And that's been the sad legacy um, of the Global South, and in particular the Congo, going back generations. What, what are our politicians? I mean, we had, uh, uh, we, we, we had uh, Pete Stauber on, on, on the program literally last week. Um, but politically speaking, um, and, and, you know, and our decision makers here, our policy makers, um, and anybody with common sense, uh, what are they saying? I mean, this is, a, in my opinion, you know, coming from a labor world and, uh, you know, thinking about boycotts and all those things. I mean, we could do something about this. We, we don't have to turn our heads and we don't have to sit there and, and, and contribute to this situation. By the way, can we get cobalt in America? There's a couple of small deposits um, that I'm aware of. I think there's something in um, Minnesota, maybe Idaho. Canada has a couple as well. You know, it's not anything remotely sufficient to meet even uh, U.S.-based demand. Uh, You know, we are, uh, along with China, car capital of the world. So uh, add to that all the gadgets we use. There's just not enough cobalt here. And there's not enough refineries. And there's not enough battery manufacturers. You know, it's the whole supply chain. Um, and when I said China cornered the market before anyone knew what happened, they cornered that supply chain. They produce most of the refined cobalt. They've got the biggest battery manufacturers uh, that sell to all of our phone makers and car makers. So, uh, you know, po- po- this should all be apolitical. Right. Labor Absolutely. should be apolitical. Child Absolutely. labor should be apolitical. Basic Absolutely. dignity uh, in the heart of Africa at the bottom of our supply chain should be apolitical. So it, it shouldn't be a mystery or a riddle uh, for politicians to solve. Um, this should just be something they addressed with vigor, and we're meant to be the moral, moral beacon of the planet, you know, the moral stewards of the planet in this country. Uh, well, let's act like it. Well, it's interesting you say that because we always end the show with saying, you know, uh, energy and in this particular situation, uh, you, you know, the human rights violations that are going on are not a a political issue. They're not a union issue. They're a human issue. Okay. And at the end of the day, when you think about it, you know, I wonder, you know, what our labor unions here in America and our labor organizations across the world can be doing. Uh, but we use these products on a daily basis. Um, having said that, uh, Siddharth, if you will, 
Uh, we only have a couple uh, minutes left on the broadcast. Um, you know, co- closing thoughts uh, on, on this. What, what do you want the people to do? What's the call to action? Yeah, the call to action, number one, is spread awareness of this truth. People need to know. They need to know what's happening. Um, uh, so s- s- listen to this broadcast. Listen to the Rogan interview. Uh, if, if you feel so motivated, buy my book, read it, hand it to your friends, hand it to your siblings and parents. Let this, this truth has to get out because that's been the way that slavery has been resolved, dealt with um, uh, across centuries. It starts with spreading truth. Uh, and then people of conscience band together. And it can, only, it can start with just a few. But ultimately, there's a movement with sufficient force of will and critical mass that it cannot be denied anymore. And that's what we need to achieve for the people of the Congo. Last thing I'll say is this. It's really simple. We wouldn't send the children of Cupertino to scrounge in toxic pits uh, to dig out cobalt. So why is it okay to send the kids of the Congo? We wouldn't send, um, we wouldn't treat our backyard like a toxic dumping ground for money and profit. So why is it okay to treat the Congo that way? It shouldn't be. And if we're meant to be the moral stewards of the global economy, uh, then let's act like it. Let's sort out the bottom of these supply chains. Let's put whatever pressure we need to, pull whatever levers we need to, to bring an end to this catastrophic injustice um, and uh, offense of basic human dignity and human rights taking place um, at the bottom of our cobalt supply chain. Siddharth Kara, author, researcher, screenwriter, an activist. The book is Cobalt Red, How the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives. Where can you get the book uh, along with Amazon? Uh, yeah, any online bookseller and uh, should be stocking up at bookstores as we speak. Siddharth, I want to thank you so much for bringing and shedding light to this and for having the courage that you've had to take the video that you did for writing the book. And, uh, you know, we're all here supporting you and, and, and with a little bit of uh, soul and common sense and dignity will all make a difference here. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Thank you. Good stuff from Siddharth Carr. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoc and Krause. Uh, on behalf of all of our listeners today uh, tuning in, special thanks again to Siddharth Carr. And on behalf of Jadoc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This is a Labor and Energy Action Alert. Did you know the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act, if passed, will charge Pennsylvania businesses for water usage integral to the operation of the businesses, many of which that provide PA residents with vital services? The expenses of charging for such water usage will be astronomical and may jeopardize the operations of the businesses themselves as well as jobs. Take action now. Subscribe to www.gov.net to track this legislation and call your PA state representatives and voice your opinion to oppose the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act. Quality PA businesses and good paying jobs depend on it. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. 
Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern Atlantic State's Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EAScarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Thanks for listening to tonight's labor and energy special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.